have an automatic reply set up so that it sets that tone to your clients or potential clients or vendors. I had a vendor texting me at 7 p.m. last night for timeline stuff. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that iPhone now lets me leave you on unread, you know, but um, that's another thing. The boundaries uh, teach your clients how you want them to communicate with you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. I'm here to help you grow your business, build community, and create the lifestyle you always dream of. Every week, I bring in other photographers, creative entrepreneurs, and business professionals. So whether it's from our topic of the episode or one of the many tangents that we will follow, you will walk away with some wisdom to implement in your business and in your life. Each interview is recorded live in our Facebook community where you can ask questions and be part of the conversation. My guest on the show today is Jessica Lowell. She is a wedding photographer and educator out of Georgia. And today we're talking about boundaries. When I used to hear about boundaries, I was like, nope, not for me. I want freedom in my business. I left my nine to five that had that boundary of set hours that I needed to be there. And I wanted to work for myself and set my own time limits and not have time limits and not have to worry about all this kind of boundary stuff. That was until I was completely burnt out and my work life and my life, life all blended together. And I never really had set times, set boundaries, uh, pretty much all the stuff that Jess and I go over today. I did not have any of that set up and I got very overwhelmed, very burnout. And I realized that even though I was saying that my family was priority and that's why I left my job to start this one and to work from home, uh, they were not priority in my thoughts because I was always in business mode. I was always thinking of, oh, I've got to do these emails later. Or, oh, um, let's see, while I'm cooking dinner, maybe I can bring out my laptop and I can work on a few images because I'm going to be behind on this if I don't get it out by Tuesday. All of that was before boundaries. Now I am living a much freer life, which sounds counterintuitive, but I promise you it is not. Uh, Jess and I have a lot to say on this topic, if you can't tell by the runtime in this episode, but I promise you it is worth it. There is so much value here in so many good stories of boundaries, boundary setting, and um, just a couple friends hanging out and getting to chat. So uh, enjoy the show. Jess, welcome to the show. I am very excited, uh, one, for this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and about boundaries in your business. I know the there's such huge benefits to uh, setting and implementing boundaries in your business. But also, I'm very excited to get to chat with you again, because we met in person a couple months ago. And immediately, like you were one of the, the other photographers there that uh, as soon as we started talking. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. We are immediately friends. Yes. Uh, this is great. So yeah. Thank you for being on the show. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Oh yeah. What, yeah. What kind of mug is, is that? I'm so curious. What's on your mug? It is an owl. It's a, let me see if I can get it in focus with the camera. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a hand carved, uh, like it's, Cute. thick a thick walled um ceramic mug that i got in uh let's see where was it uh riviera maya 
uh, four years ago. Oh, nice. We We honeymooned in Cancun. So just down the road from you. Yeah. Yeah. Love Mexico. Affordable, beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, you know, closer to the equator. So it is nice because we, we got married in January. Actually, last mm-hmm. week, as we're recording this, last week was our anniversary. And uh, 10 years. Oh, my Thanks. goodness. That's huge. Yeah. Congratulations. It's it huge. It's a big, it's big milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it was very interesting. We had what we call our um, state of our union. Um, mm-hmm. address where we like sit down and talk about the last year. We try to do that around every anniversary. And we were talking about that and just like, it doesn't feel like 10 years, but I also mm-hmm. don't really remember much before we met. Um, uh, it's just like, it always seems like we've been together. I um, love but yeah, that. being, being January, we definitely wanted to go somewhere warm mm-hmm. and uh, in Mexico is a great place to go. Oh yes. It's, it's like you said, fairly inexpensive mm-hmm. for an international trip. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was great. We stayed in a little water resort. And, clear. It's always warm. We're scuba yes. divers. So we like to go anywhere we can get in the water and not have yeah. to put on a five mil wetsuit. So yes. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the West coast is not, uh, not the place for me to, like, I love the, the cold, yes. but, um, I think the first time that I was out in California for an extended period of time was, mm-hmm. was probably like, maybe I was, uh, 18 or 19 and mm-hmm. I had only really been in the Gulf of Mexico, uh-huh. uh, which is pretty warm water and also mm-hmm. murky and brown and uh disgusting yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh like i just ran straight into the water and it was like oh, no. 60 degree water and i was mm-hmm. like oh this is cold mm-hmm. i was not ready for this it was it was still like may it yeah it, i thought that it would have been warmer um so yeah yeah, yeah, anywhere no. I I'm a huge water person. I will mm-hmm. be in the water if I am near it. Mm-hmm. And uh and having a place where it is nice warm clear water is perfect. Yeah. Similar story when we went to Thrive. That's actually the first time I've ever been to California. Oh, and I cool. just assumed all oceans are warm in the summer. So my husband educated mm-hmm. me a few months back. He's like just cuz it's always sunny in California does not mean the water is going to be warm. And it was November, but still right. I needed to put my feet in the um in in the ocean. So yes. it was dark. It was the first night we arrived. We walked across the street from our hotel that we were all in and uh, I couldn't see anything. We had our flashlights on our phones <laughs> and I went and put my bare feet in that water. And I thought I was doing the polar bear plunge and then oh, yeah. walked all the way back and got the cold sand stuck to my feet. I was <laughs> miserable. I was like, I did it, but I am not swimming in that water. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, I made it into the ocean. We are good. You are good. Yeah. Let's go back to the room. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's the same. I think I went in there once mm-hmm. and that was it. I, yeah. I am usually, if, if I'm near the beach, I am just going to be in the water the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I love it. Uh, but yeah, it's same. that cold, cold water is, mm-hmm. uh, is not as it. relaxing, yeah. uh, but. And it gets worse well, as you get older. Like you just really yeah, want nothing it, to do with it. The it older does. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially like even just being like knee deep in there mm-hmm. and then you get out and you're like, ow, oh, my knees ache now. Yeah. This is, this is not for me. I am, I'm getting too old. Yeah. Uh, for all the which, 20 year olds watching, it will happen. I know. Yeah. And I still like, I feel 
mm. in in my mind like I'm 24. Yeah, I'm like same. Oh, yeah, I'm 24. I'm I'm mm-hmm. good. I'm whatever. I'm you know I can like I we were uh, oh somewhere I don't remember where we were uh, with the kids and there's a basketball court and I was like I'm just gonna get out here and you know run around do some basketball and just like nearly turned my ankle I was like okay (laughs) I am not 17 anymore Mm -hmm. I cannot do all of this Mm -hmm. which fun fact with basketball I am so we before we started recording uh for the Mm -hmm. listeners we were talking about elliptical machines and stuff and you know uh my wife and I just bought one trying to trying to work out uh get in better shape um one of my goals is that by the time that my oldest, um, who is eight currently, mm-hmm. is in high school. I want to be able to dunk a basketball again um, because that was a big accomplishment in high school. When I turned 17, I mm-hmm. got my vertical up enough to where I could dunk. And um, I probably will never be able to because I have a very different body than I did at 17. But that's a goal. I'm going to work toward it. Even mm-hmm. if I don't hit that goal, um, mm-hmm. I'm at least going to get somewhere between where I currently am Mm -hmm. and where that goal is. And that's going to be a good space. So I'm just uh, going to remind you as a man thinketh, so is he. So I want you to reframe the way you say whether or not you're going to reach that goal, because you can do it. You can. I can. I can. I can do Mm -hmm. it. I can absolutely do it. And it's it's for sure going to take a lot of work. But uh, but I'm here for it. Heck Uh, yeah. 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 Well, okay. So Jess, give us a little backstory about you, how you got into photography, uh, where you're based, all those kinds of things. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my name is Jessica Lowell. I am a wedding and portrait photographer. I'm in Northeast Georgia. So that's like an hour North of Atlanta. Uh, We are up here in the mountains where we've got like beautiful views, lots of Mm. vineyards. um, And how I got into being a photographer. So I could give you the sappy story, how I've had a camera in my hand. Um, every party I used to have a disposable camera and I would drop it off and, and get it developed. Um, but in my early twenties, uh, I was a skydiver. My, my whole family skydives, my dad, my brother, and myself. And we did that for about a decade. After my first year of skydiving, you get about a hundred jumps in and you really know what you're doing. You really know how to fly your body. You really know how to land your canopy. Then I wanted to stop spending money skydiving and start making money skydiving. So um, I got a camera helmet. I set up a Canon Rebel on the top of my head. And then over here, we had like a Sony camera. This is before GoPros. So like a 15 Uh pound helmet, maybe not that much, (laughs) Um, but you strap that sucker to your head and I started learning how to fly with tandem. So if you were going to go skydiving, um, and you did a tandem and you paid extra to get the video or the photos, I would be the person that would jump out with you and record the whole thing. So I did that for, um, Gosh, I, we drove down to the drop zone every Friday, had a camper there, left every Sunday evening. I did that every weekend, weather pending for eight or so years, I'd say. I It was a long time. Um, wow. So then uh, in 09, I had my first neck surgery because, again, camera equipment on your head. And then you're like uh-huh. going 150 miles an hour and then you throw your parachute and then you're not. So it was like a lot of whiplash. I can um, only imagine like just the straps on a wedding day and like holding my camera bodies. Like I can only imagine if that is just strapped to my head. 
and yeah. mm-hmm. doing that, you know, just walking around, much less flying from an airplane. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, when you're in the air, you really don't feel it. Um, but that's uh-huh. why I'm now a huge advocate for the spider belt system. Uh, because like I said, I had, a ne- I had to have a neck surgery. And then mm-hmm. um, I did continue to jump after that. But then my mother got sick. She got cancer. And then um, I went back to school. Uh, I took a, um, I went back to school in my late 20s. I got a sociology degree because I was doing some prison ministry. Um, and I really just loved working with the women in the prison and I wanted to be a counselor in the prison system. So four, four years goes by, um, and I needed some, um, electives. And so I was like, Oh, photography, that's all me. You know, I already know what to do. I took film in high school and it was really cool because even, um, however many years ago, it was like eight years ago, uh, they still taught film. I went to Piedmont College, it's in Demarest, and they still taught film for Photography 101. So yeah. I had a film class, and then I had two digital classes. And then as I was wrapping up and getting ready to graduate, um, I did a, I had a um, internship at Drug Court, which is like a huge thing for me. I'm really passionate about the recovery process and, and addiction. Uh, but being in Drug Court and being around pro- probation officers and this community of people that's been doing it so long, it's like they don't really believe what they're doing. And I was like, I can't, I, I don't think I actually can work in this environment. Mm. And, um, about that time it was, it was really a God thing. It was never on my radar. It was just like this whisper, like the Lord's like, you're going to be a wedding photographer. And I was like, mm, I've only ever been in my own wedding. Like I've never even <laughs> been made, you know? Um, and, uh, so I started shooting families in our church and then, um, I, I just self-taught YouTube, how to, you know, exposure triangle, all of the things. Cause I, I hadn't oh, yeah. really been shooting in manual mode, um, how to, how to light subjects. Cause even if you take photography classes in school, they teach you how to shoot like still fruit and stuff yes. <laughs> like creative art. They don't really teach you how to shoot people. Um, and then I would take mom and dad from the families in my church and I would just post them uh, and take lots of pictures of them. And those were the photos that I would share on my social media. So it would look like only shot couples. Right. And then I did a bridal show in 2016 in January and, uh, with pictures of all these couples. And I was like, I'm a wedding photographer. I had shot one <laughs> wedding the fall before for a friend of a friend and basically did it for 500 bucks. Um, but when I did that wedding, I knew at the end of the evening that that's what I was supposed to do for my life with my life. So like I said, fast forward a few months, I I just announced that I'm a wedding photographer and people paid me and it exploded. It was a huge blessing from God. Um, I know that is not the advice people give second shoot, second shoot a lot, second shoot for years. And I'm like, "Mm, I just did it, you know? And, um, there was, there was a market for a beginner level wedding photographer and that's what I charged. And then as more people hired me and as I photographed more weddings, I started increases, increasing my prices. And here I am today. I shoot luxury weddings mostly now. And, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the story. <laughs> that, that is a great story. I love, mm-hmm. like you took us on a journey through all of that, mm-hmm. um, which, which is great. I have always, uh, one of my, uh, bucket list, uh, goals is to skydive, um, yes. And I had actually, when my wife and I were dating, we had got like a Groupon thing mm-hmm. to do like 
buy one get one skydiving which uh-huh. doesn't doesn't sound the best but you know it was groupon so it was fine mm-hmm. um is groupon still a thing i don't know if that's still a thing i have uh, no I, idea i have not heard of it in years Mm-mm. but um but yeah it uh ended up not working out with my work schedule and uh oh, she no. went uh she went with her roommate and um yeah, so I still have not done it, but I. But your wife has. She has, yeah. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, and she was like, "We're think? we're definitely gonna." Oh, she loved it. Yeah, good. Okay. It was mm-hmm. it was it was a a, a thrill. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we are planning to go the two of us at some point um, in the future. She's actually working on uh, getting her pilot's license um, here in the next couple years. So really, uh, private pilot. Yeah, I might, Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. So those which, things totally translate. My dad was a private pilot when we were kids. Ooh, so and he used okay. to be a hang glider. So like adrenaline sports is uh yeah. big in our family. So naturally. My dad actually took that was my 18th birthday present, was my first skydive. Nice. Um and it was for my brothers too. He's a year and a half older than me. But um you have to know when you learn to skydive on your own is like, as you go through, it's called AFF, it's accelerated freefall. Um, mm-hmm. You have to learn winds aloft and how to plan where based on today's winds and today's weather, where your plane is going to let out so that you can safely fly back to the landing area. So like right. everything that she's learning to be a private pilot completely translates into skydiving. So that's really cool. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> all, all interconnected, whether you're in the plane or jumping out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Hey y'all, quick break to share with you about something new that I put together on the new website, podcast.allheartphoto.com, which has all the show notes from today's episode as well as many others. But you know, I am here to help you build your business and create the lifestyle you always dreamed of. And with that comes some resources that I have found very helpful for me building my business and also some resources that I put together, some guides and email templates and things like that, that I think would be really helpful for you. So if you want to go check that out, head over to podcast.com. Just that podcast.com. That's the whole thing. Head over to podcast.allheartphoto.com slash resources. You can also go check out podcast.com if you want to. I've never been there. Let's give it a shot. Check them out too. Free ad for you, podcast.com. Now back to the show. Yeah. And I, I love that like whenever you talked about how you shot your first wedding and then mm-hmm. just immediately fell in love with it, mm-hmm. I find that most wedding photographers unless you're just like in it for the money. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. Weddings. That's where the money is. Mm-hmm. Um, which weddings, not where the money was for me for years. Yeah. Uh, cause, Cause I was definitely that entry level budget couple. Mm-hmm. You know, I was shooting weddings for 500, $700 for, you know, a good year or two before I felt confident enough to raise my prices and I should have done it a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we've yeah, all been there. We've so, all been there. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but yeah, uh, like I, I love that you also, you did that wedding. You're like, this is for me. This mm-hmm. is, I feel like it's either you absolutely fall in love with weddings or you're just like, this is not for me. Wouldn't touch the, it with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of second shooters and mm-hmm. third shooters who come along to just see what it's like working a wedding. And then they're yeah. like, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can, I can handle keeping track of all of these things yeah. in my mind. I was like, 
yeah, then this is probably not for you. You, yeah. you do not want to do not want to mess up on in a really important day for someone mm-hmm. else. On um, two occasions, I've had interns come with me. I'm very picky about letting an intern into my business mm-hmm. um, and like introducing them to my couple because like with my couples, I my heart is more to serve them on their wedding day. And then the bonus is that they get amazing pictures. That's what I tell them. Yes. Um, so I'm very picky because I'm, I serve my couples. I never look at something on a wedding day and think that's not my job. Um, and, uh, but I've brought two ladies on two separate occasions to shadow me. I, t- I just tell my couples they're interns basically. And just to see what the day, I don't make them carry bags or anything. They've asked me, they're interested. They want to see what wedding photography is all about. They're both photographers. And after a work day with me, neither of them <laughs> wanted to photograph weddings. And I'm like, I'm not a yeah. bad teacher. It's just, they saw how, it, how much work goes into a wedding day. And they're like, no, I'm going to stick to shooting children. And I'm like, good. Right. Cause I do yeah. not do children. Well, <laughs> we need yeah. you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We all, like, I think that's a really important thing for, you know, the newer photographers out there that you're really trying to find your place and, mm-hmm. uh, and doing those internships and doing, you know, unpaid work, just like shadowing a newborn photographer and seeing what all that is like. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that is not for me. At Not all. Um, I've done that a couple of times mm-hmm. and, uh, unless it's like lifestyle newborns, uh, yeah. and even that I'm like, ah, maybe, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I do feel like the, from the outside wedding photography does look very glamorous mm-hmm. and does look like you're just like chatting and like, here, let's run through this field over here and mm-hmm. I'll take pictures of your dress flying behind you. Yeah. Um, but there, you don't really see the behind the scenes too much of the, the stress of a wedding day and how no. we as photographers absorb a lot of that stress mm-hmm. so that our couples don't feel it. Exactly. Um, and you have yeah. to be able to think on your feet just this week. I tell my couples, yeah. I think I've seen everything. Um, but you, even though you have a timeline and you're good at keeping you keeping the timeline, if something happens that is out of your control, but you still mm-hmm. need to get your job done, guess who it falls back on if you don't get all the photos. So you need to be able, if you had 30 minutes planned with your couple for bride and groom portraits, and now you got five, the stress is on you and you better be able to work well under pressure. Um, my, my wedding last weekend, uh, easily a hundred thousand dollar budget wedding. Uh, the makeup artist was an hour late getting the bride done an hour, an hour. Yeah. Um, didn't want to touch that with the 10 foot pole, but mom, uh-huh. like yeah. mother of the bride is starting to stress out, almost get a little mad. And I kept calming her down. Now I've already photographed one of her daughters. So they knew, they knew I had them. Um, uh-huh. but I just kept telling mom, I was like, mom, remember I told you I padded the timeline. It's fine. I know what to do. We had to swap some things. We were supposed to move to the venue location to do first look. And then I was going to come back and get the bride. Well, that that added 15 minutes. So I was like, we're going to do first look in the front yard and then I'm going to put them both in my car, you know? So like, you just have to be able to think on your feet and work well under pressure. Cause when you found out like you had 30 minutes to do something and now you have five, you Uh better not be the kind of, you can't be the kind of person where you just shut down under that kind of stress. So, um, yeah, weddings are, are, um, you can have perfect wedding days, but then when you have the ones that aren't, you better be prepared for them. Yes. And I find that most of them aren't. There's always something that's going to happen. I had a a wedding recently that everything was on time or early. 
Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. This feels so <laughs> weird. Like yes. there's no fires to put out. Yeah. And we're just like doing everything really quickly and really well. And everyone's smiling and having a great time. Like yeah. this is different. Yeah. Um, I'll my second shooter. I'm like, we're 30 minutes ahead of schedule. Did yeah. we forget something? What did we uh-huh. miss? Yeah, I love when that happens, but at the same time, you're right. You're like, something feels off. I feel like I forgot something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always like, okay, something big better not happen because yeah. nothing <laughs> has happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's the the ups and downs and craziness of mm-hmm being a wedding photographer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot. And I know like you mentioned second shooting earlier and like how you didn't, and you mm-hmm. kind of jumped right in. I also didn't, um, I, I had reached out to a couple photographers to second shoot and I was living in the Austin area and they mm-hmm. were not friendly and yeah. they're like, no, you're going to take my business or I don't want to share my secrets or mm-hmm. these images. I was like, I don't need the images. I'm okay. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I just want the experience and uh, yeah. didn't get anything. So I had to learn on the wedding day with real couples, uh, mm-hmm. which definitely made do what you do. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. really hard. I never even reached out to anybody. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, <laughs> I, I'm standing here at this bridal show and I had been in sales my whole life, like during the recession, I sold dental lab software to, um, to dental labs, you know, that made teeth that's supposed to make Uh their lab more productive, except it was the recession. Nobody was spending money. Oh, eight, oh nine. Um, but we would go to trade shows. There's this huge dental trade show in, uh, February in, um, uh, Ohio, Chicago. Sorry. Um, and we would go that every year and they taught me how to do trade shows. So when I went to my bridal show, I just, just knew what to do. I knew how to talk to people. I knew how to get their information, but I'll never forget. Mm. I invited my husband. This is Rick. Uh, at the last minute, I was like, you want to go with me? I already had my booth all set up. And so he stood, he got all dressed up. He stood there with me. And as there's this one couple that came around twice. And when she came around the second time with her entourage, she's like, what do you charge for a second shooter? And I was like, uh, and we had a second shooter at our wedding, but like uh-huh. my brain is like, um, I'm not friends with any other photographers. The ones right. I do know are better than me. So I don't think I could afford to pay them based on what I'm telling you. I'm going to charge you. And like my, I just froze. Like I was like, uh, and my husband, cause I told you earlier before we started recording, he's the research guy. He reads the manuals. Yes. My husband, when I told him I was launching a wedding photography business, he started doing the research. He already knew who Jasmine and JD were. Um, um, newer uh-huh. photographers don't know Jasmine Starr used to be a wedding photographer. He already knew who Zach and Jody Gray were. Uh, he already knew Caitlin and Michael. So I had no idea. So by the time like the third couple was like, how much do you charge for a second shooter? And I was like, my husband steps <laughs> up and he goes, we're husband and wife team. That's included in the price. <laughs> oh my God. Like, do you know how to work a camera? I'm going to kill you right now. And right, I just smiled yeah. and went, oh, like, uh, like this. Yeah. And my husband, taught himself and second shot with me for the first couple of years. Yeah. But that, that's just a funny story how that started. I think I just got off on a that's rabbit great. trail. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's perfect. Hey, the, the, we're all about tangents here. Yeah. So yeah. that's great. And that's, yeah, that's he had totally... no experience either. And he just started yeah. shooting the grooms. And uh, honestly, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't know how to use like off camera flash and lighting and all that stuff. Cause he has the technical brain. So mm-hmm. I got to give him all the credit for that. But yeah, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. I know people reach out to me with no experience and they want to be a second shooter. My, my clientele is, um, 
you know, it's a luxury, it's a more luxury brand. I can't take a new second shooter on. It's nothing right. personal, but you know, depending on who you are, how we know each other, like I said, I might let you start shadowing me, but sometimes you reach out and like you said, they're just worried about competition. That's not my mm-hmm. fear. Cause I know that I believe, um, the way I believe is that the Lord's already handpicked my clients. So I don't have to worry about that. Just like he's handpicked yours. Um, yeah. so it's not a competition thing. I actually really enjoy teaching my second shooter that I have now for most of my weddings that replaced my husband. She was newer, um, but I enjoy teaching her all the things. And when I get inquiries, I want to help her grow her business. When I get inquiries that um, I have to turn away, whether it's budget or schedule or because of the boundaries in my business, I always send them to her because I love her so much and I want her business to grow too. Um, So it's not a competition thing. Sometimes it's just a level thing. So if anybody's listening and they are having a hard time finding second shooting gigs, instead of reaching out to some of the more established photographers, maybe reach out to some of the newer ones and maybe you can form a friendship there. Um, So that's just a little piece of advice because sometimes that's why it's hard to get in when you're new. 100%. Yeah. And that's probably what I did was I just, I know I just Googled like Austin area wedding photographers. And then I just emailed the ones that showed up. And those Uh were probably the very established, the ones Mm -hmm. that had, you know, years and years of SEO pointing to Google to get them to that front page. And instead of should have like jumped to page 12 and (laughs) like, Hey, um, I see that you have, uh, just like an Instagram page Mm -hmm. or a Facebook group. Um, can I, can I second shoot with you? Um, and And yeah, like each other, if you're both newbies too. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to your point, like building that community and networking with other photographers is so huge, especially early on in your business Mm -hmm. where you can really just like link arms with other photographers and grow Mm -hmm. together. And whenever you learn something new about off camera flash, share it with each other and just be like, did you know about what TTL is? And then, you know, they can learn something new and y'all are all elevating together and going through life. Exactly. Okay. Jess, I want to talk about boundaries. I Mm. love, I love all the conversation that we've had so far. I feel like, like you and I, we can just like, We'll go on for a couple of hours, which mm-hmm. we might, and you know, just do like a three-part episode or something. There we um, go. <laughs> but like you've already mentioned a little bit about, um, you know, setting some boundaries in mm-hmm. your business. Why are boundaries important? in our businesses. Yes. Yes. This is good. Okay. So I have to note, some you might be seeing me reading. I am ADHD. So it is very easy for me to get off track. Um, but so first thing I just want to say, I looked up the definition for everybody. So the definition of a boundary is it says a limit or a subject of a sphere of activity. So just, you know, when we're talking about boundaries, we're talking about putting limits in your life and in your activities. Um, and then first I want to say, is, uh, that boundaries depend on what season of life you're in, right? Boundaries Mm -hmm. in your business are going to depend on what season of life you're in and what season of your business you are in. You know, if you have a brand new business, like we're talking, you're a newbie. Um, I had this, I had this viewpoint that I talked about. Everybody's always talking about their, um, uh, client avatar or, you know, what's your ideal client When you're new in business, my ideal client is anybody willing to pay me. Yeah. Anyone with money that will pay me. (laughs) You have money, you're trusting me with it. That's my ideal client. Because in your new years of business, you are hustling. You are trying to find people to trust you, to hire you, to sign your contract. And you're building your... 
you're building your portfolio. So that season of business looks a little different. You're probably editing photos at midnight and still working your, uh, your full-time 40 hour a week job somewhere, or you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're thinking about the days you'll be out of the corporate world. So, um, now like if you're full-time, like for me now, my business is established. Um, I learned the kind of boundaries I want by, um, by, uh, what do they say when you learn by not example, I like learned trial the boundaries. By fire. Trial by fire. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> trial by fire. I learned the kind of boundaries I wanted in my business because of those first years of business where I had none. Um, I learned what I didn't, I did and didn't want to do. So, um, kind of like this one time. And my husband, like I said, he second shot with me for the first couple of years, but wouldn't he's never going to leave his career. He loves what he does. He's a builder. Um, and he was still working in Atlanta, which is an hour drive from where we live every day. Mm. And Atlanta traffic, I think is top three worst in the world. So it's it's bad. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) Uh, so driving to and from Atlanta, Monday through Friday working. And then, um, I booked us a double header wedding. And when I booked the second one, when I booked them back to back, uh, you know, those first years of business, like money, you're giving it to me, building my portfolio, gaining experience, getting my name out there. And so when I looked at my calendar, I was like, okay, I have a wedding on Friday. I can shoot the wedding on Saturday. I just looked at my calendar. I didn't look at the locations. Oh no. (laughs) Then we go to plan the timeline a year later, you know, cause it's usually nine to, to 18 months ahead when somebody books their wedding photographer. So right. then I go to plan the timelines for this double header wedding. And one wedding was in Athens and we run through midnight and the next wedding the next day was more of an early afternoon wedding. And it was a four and a half hour drive away. Yeah. <laughs> and my husband had oh, already no. worked 40 hours. Well, he usually works like 60 hours that week. Uh, my, uh-huh. poor husband, my poor husband. <laughs> um, so we, we shot one wedding, drove four and a half hours, got to our hotel in the wee hours of the morning and then woke up like three hours later. Uh, and, and in that time, you know, you've got to swap out your cards, back up your, back up your images, charge your batteries, all the things. Yep. So it's like, yeah, I don't like double headers. I don't, I don't need them. I don't like them. Doesn't matter if they're 20 minutes apart. Uh, I shot several double headers for the first couple of years. And now I'm like, no, I don't do them. I don't, I don't want to. My second couple never gets the energy. So boundaries can look like, um, they can look like how many weddings, if you're a wedding photographer, for instance, how many weddings you want to shoot in a month, how many you want to shoot in a year, uh, how many sessions you want to shoot in a week. Um, but the main thing is why you need boundaries in business. What I will say is that when life happens and life will happen, life happens to everybody. When something in life happens, you don't want your calendar so booked, so scheduled that you have no choice, but to work through it. Um, or you're scrambling, trying to find somebody to step into your, um, into your role. And, and if you need somebody to step into your role, like if you need somebody to cover your wedding for you, that's also a good reason to have friends that are as talented or more talented as you. Um, and then, you know, you are able to afford whatever they're going to charge you for stepping into your role. But, um, Cause life will happen. So that's why I say boundaries, you need boundaries in your business. You need flexibility in your calendar. Um, because if your business is getting all of you, depending on your stage of life, that means that the other parts of your life are getting less of you. So you've got three kids. Yeah. 
You know, you you want to make sure you have energy to love them well, because that's your first ministry. That's your first priority to make sure they grow up to be loving, kind humans. Right. And they they don't ever want to feel like they come second to your work. So that's why. I think boundaries are, they are very important. I don't just think yes. they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it. And I also know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's like, like you were saying, like when, when you say yes to something like mm-hmm. that double header, you're also saying no to something, something else. else. Even if you're not directly saying no to like family time or exactly. being available like this last uh, weekend, there was, you know, my wife works uh, for Texas A&M and they had a big special family event where we got to go do a lot of uh, like fun stuff in the sporting area mm-hmm. and go down this giant uh, man-made mountain for uh, teaching how to ski. Mm-hmm. And we just like tobogganed down that with the kids so fun. Uh-huh. and like making those memories. I was like, this is why. I set that boundary to not mm-hmm. book every single weekend. Yes. Because at one point in, you know, years ago, mm-hmm. I was I one month I had nine weddings. Mm. Oof. In one month period. Yeah. And it was just because they kept coming in and I was like, all right, this October (laughs) is going to be great. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and it was like financially, we were doing very well that month. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I was a zombie and those weddings toward the end of the month, I was just like you mentioned earlier with like a double header, that Mm -hmm. second couple never gets your full energy. Mm -mm. And I don't feel right charging for a, double header because mm-hmm. i know that that first couple they're going to get normal john yes. second couple they're going to get like at least 80 percent, if mm-hmm. not less than that yeah um, and especially with uh like a driving four and a half hours <laughs> mm-hmm. and <laughs> three hours of sleep like yeah. they would be getting 15 percent, john and mm-hmm. uh and it's not it's not fair to them uh to get less Exactly. Uh, and and that's a hard place to get to, to turn away money mm-hmm. and to turn away couples, especially if they're like your ideal couples. Yeah. Like, oh, this would be so great to work mm-hmm. with you. Or a venue you've never worked at. Like I've learned right. my lesson. I quit booking couples based on their venue. Like when I see what venue they're at, I'm like, ah, oh, we got to book it. I don't care what my boundary is. Um, uh-huh. I've learned that lesson. It's said that time is the only resource that you can never earn back. Um, and yes. that is so true. And um, yeah, maybe it's 20 year old, maybe even 40 year old. I mean, I can give a hundred percent during a double header. You know, I can, I can kind of do both. Like um, it's probably my ADHD, the hyperactivity part of me. But then like <laughs> Sunday, I literally will say on Sunday, I'm like, I've used all of my words for the week. Don't yes, speak yes. to me, to my loved ones, yes. right? To my loved ones. I'm like, I've used all my words for the week. And like you said, that October for you was um, uh, financially amazing. And it feels good, but you know, you it felt good the nine to 18 months before when you were taking the retainers. You're like, oh, this yes. is going to be an awesome month. But then you worked through the month and you're like, I can never do that again. You know, you had yeah. that trial by fire where you're like, oh, now I need boundaries. And then you mentioned yes. your kids. Um, so my daughter is older. Uh, I had her young, she's 21. And, um, when I started my business, she was uh, late middle school. And then as we got through her high school years, her junior and senior year, I was, that's when I really 
really hunkered down on boundaries because there were things I didn't want to miss. Cause you know, once the kids move out, you don't know that yet, but, um, once the kids move out, you know, they, they have their own, they get their driver's license, they move out, go to go to college. They have their friend people, they meet their new, their significant other one day you Mm -hmm. it's time you don't get back. So like, um, I, and she was in Macy was in cheer. So she had, was on cheer team for her high school and she was in an all-star. She was a flyer. So I would have to take the calendars for, um, cheer competitions from the year before, cause they wouldn't release them for, and, and try to map out my calendar and guess which competitions we were going to and what weekends they would be on. Because again, we're booking a year in advance and we don't have the sports schedule yet. Um, and then like senior year, I had to go to the school and find out what the past prom dates were. And, so I could the year in advance block out what I thought was going to be prom date. Fun fact that worked in in her junior year, but her senior year for the first time in uh, seven years, the school decided to change the month. They did senior prom in. So guess who missed her daughter's senior prom? Yeah. This girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it'd be fun to have it in, you know, April March. instead of they had yeah, it early March. March. None of our store, none of our stores even, yeah. uh, had prom dresses out yet. Like they had it that <laughs> early. Uh, in March is when we start having weddings here in North Georgia. So yeah, uh-huh. the wedding for my daughter's senior prom and yeah. the person who took her photos wasn't her mama. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so even if, even if you have boundaries, sometimes they, you know, they can still fail you, but it is, um, the thing about boundaries is you want to figure out what's important to you in your life. What's yes. really important. Cause like I said, life will happen. Um, and, and then work your work schedule around that. Yes. yes. Yeah. Cause even if like, if you're listening to this and you're like, I am not married, I am not dating. I do not have kids. It is just me and my dog or whatever, like still figure out maybe it isn't kids because you don't have them, but like what is important to you is it having a Saturday off where you can just go grab brunch with friends or, yeah. you know, go on a random trip uh, and drive to a city and yeah. do some street photography or something fun and just like, like refresh your soul, like what is important to you and then plan for that. Exactly. Uh, but at the same time, you could be young and you can be single and you can put 60 weddings on your calendar. Heck yeah. If you can do that, do it. But when I say life happens, um, it's those things that you're not expecting. So I was only 27 years old when my mom was diagnosed with, um, terminal cancer. She had breast cancer, but when they found it, it was everywhere. Um, and then just recently over the last few weeks, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And after all, all of the extra testing to make sure, you know, it hasn't metastasized. Uh, we actually found out my dad has two primary cancers. I don't know what the odds are that both your parents get cancer and the last living one has two. Um, but uh-huh. the good news is like, just want to put it out there. The good news is it's, um, they're both early stages. It doesn't look like either has metastasized, but awesome. you know, like my dad has cancer and I'm thankful he's having surgery this Thursday. One of the boundaries in my business is I don't work weddings. I don't schedule weddings in January. I'll have to explain my most recent wedding and February because, uh, one, uh, this past weekend was the nine year anniversary of Atlanta's famous snowmageddon. Google it. I'm not going to explain it to you, but we never know what kind of winter weather we're going to have here. And we're in the mountains and we don't really have salt trucks. So if it snows, 
Um, it stays snow for maybe 24 hours, then it melts. And yeah. then when the sun goes back down, it freezes. So in our mountain roads, everything turns to ice and it is not safe to drive. I don't care how good no. you can drive in the snow. Nobody can drive in ice. So, and most of my weddings, if they're an hour away, like if they're in the city, I don't want to have to call my couple and be like, Hey, I'm stuck in the mountains, you know? So I just don't, and I don't like the cold. We talked about that earlier. The older we get, I just don't want to shoot in the cold. Uh Um, some boundaries though are meant to be broken, but you need to have rules for when you're going to break your boundaries. So that wedding I was telling you about that I did just shoot in January, um, last weekend, again, it was the sister of a, a bride that I had shot three years ago. And when she sent me an email, told me who she was. And she's like, you are the one thing from my sister's wedding day that we know we can't live without. So it was a no brainer to go, heck yeah. I don't care if it's in January. God blessed us. We had amazing weather. But um, you, when you have some boundaries set up, even if you're young, let's get back on top of it. Even if you're young, life does happen. So again, you don't want your calendar to be so full that you have to work through your calendar instead of spending time with like your father who has cancer. So I am able to take my dad to his appointments. Um, I am able to be with him on his, at his surgery on Thursday. And even if it was during a busy month, you know, even if it was October, um, I would still have enough boundaries. I only shoot one to two sessions a week. I only shoot two weddings a month. Um, it would still be something that I would be able to be there for him for. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I remember being early on in my career, before kids we had just gotten married and i was booking as much as i could mm-hmm. because i wanted to build my portfolio wanted to build yeah. my experience build this business so that i could leave my 9 to 5 mm-hmm. and at that point in time like that was fine for me yeah. for my lifestyle like you were mm-hmm. saying like you don't have to um you know i still needed boundaries to where i wasn't you know, uh, booking, you know, three in a weekend or something Mm -hmm. that would just be too much for me. Yeah. But, uh, but I still, because of that, I missed so many birthday parties and just Mm -hmm. like hangouts during the summer where people were grilling and pool parties and all that. I'm like, all of my friends, they're -hmm. all hanging out without me. And I am here working, uh, which I wanted to do, but nine months earlier, I really wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And the week before that wedding, I was like, I really don't want to be here. I would rather have at least a couple weekends off in the summer yeah. to hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm right there with you where I, I try and cap it at two weddings a month. Mm-hmm. If, uh, and, and also keep track of like the end of the month to the beginning mm-hmm. of the next month um, mm-hmm. to where they're not all smushed together in like, yes. you know, three or four weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, so scheduling boundaries, a hundred percent. What are some other boundaries that we can implement in our businesses? Yeah. So, um, okay. Um, well, you like, like you just mentioned, you know, you want to make sure in the summer we, go into business as wedding photographers. Now I know other photographers don't um, always work on the weekends, but as the example, and then like you said, but all your friends who are working Monday through Friday, yay, I work for myself. I get to make up my own rules, but now you're working a weekend job, which is traditionally like as a teenager and you worked in retail or fast food, you worked, you always worked the weekends. I just went in business for myself to always work the weekends. What on earth? Uh Um, So (laughs) that's another, those two months. I also don't 
work is July and August. Here in Georgia, it can be anywhere from 90 to 100 degrees, but it's the 400% humidity. Believe yes. me, if, if they could tell you it's 400%, it feels like 400%. You have to change your clothes halfway through a wedding day. It's so, so humid. Um, but like you said, those early years, you ha- when you're building a business, you have to hustle. You do, because otherwise you'll never build your business. But once you get established and once you've got word of mouth and once you've got clout and you know, you've been blogging and you have SEO and clients are finding you um, and you've raised your prices, that's it's just important not to stay in that hustle mode and not to stay in that mode where you have zero boundaries when it comes to your calendar. But um, to get back to the question, what we can implement Um, and again, like I said, it's going to look different for different stages of life. So you just have to look at your life. Do you have kids? Do you not have kids? Um, do you have older parents? Um, how established are you? Are you a newbie or are you seasoned? Are you charging enough money that you can say, I'm only taking 10 weddings this year? Um, but that, and then look at your calendar, pick, pick out times you don't want to work. Um, my husband and I, we got married in May 23rd is our wedding anniversary. Well, huge wedding weekend. It usually falls on, um, Memorial day. Is it Memorial day? Yeah. So it usually falls on the weekend. Um, and I get leads for that weekend or the weekend of the week of our anniversary all the time. And it never fails. They're like Chateau lawn weddings or, um, I own a mountain vineyard and they have big budgets, but I'm like, nope. It's our wedding anniversary. Uh, nothing, nothing trumps that weekend, and we're mm. going to spend it together. So, things that are important to you: holidays. I don't work Christmas. I don't work New Year's. That's not even like a sentimental holiday. But New Year's weddings, they traditionally want you to stay till midnight. I don't, <laughs> you know. Um, and then podcast. If you can see my face right now, it's, it's making a face. But you know, just pick out you know days of the week you don't want to work on based on what's important to you. I mentioned when we were chatting earlier, I can't remember now if it was before we started recording, but that um, uh, addiction recovery is big for me. So on Tuesdays, um, something that just fills my heart is I facilitate classes at a local women's recovery home. It's a residential facility and I'll be going in a few cup in a couple hours. I'll head out there cause it's a nice. Tuesday now. Um, but that's a big deal for me. So in my office email, it says I don't have office hours on Tuesdays. If I get stuff done before I leave the house on two o'clock, fine, but I don't technically work or tell anybody that I have time for business on Tuesdays because I want to go hang out with my ladies at the recovery home. Um, So there's lots of other things. It's just going to be based on what's important to you, what's important in your life. Um, Sundays, I don't take Sunday weddings. The only reason I might make an exception for maybe a Sunday session is if I've got a couple where their wedding is a destination. So they're having to come from out of state or out of town for their session, in which case they're traveling um, and coming midweek when they have to work is not a big deal. So I'll do a Sunday evening session in order to preserve my Saturdays with my family. Um, That's the only like, again, have boundaries, but what are your rules for why you would break them. Um, let's see. Of course, office hours. Office hours is a big one. Rebecca Rice actually just sent out an email today where she was talking about she was such yep, a workaholic. 
And her email was actually on boundaries. Did you read it? She was such a workaholic and she had office hours, but never implemented them. And it took her husband having to say, hey, we've got a problem. If you uh, don't follow Rebecca Rice or you haven't read the email yet, it's really good. I don't always read all of the emails because sometimes it's just too much, but it was really good. You know, you have to have some office hours. And again, that's going to depend on your season of life. My child is grown. Um, My husband's at work. So you, so, um, but when I started, my business. She was in school, my daughter. So it was, you know, eight or nine to five. As soon as my daughter came home from school, as soon as my husband came home from work, shut down the laptop, leave it alone. If you've got littles, if you're nursing every couple of hours and sleeping, you know, your baby's sleeping and waking up every three hours, your office hours might actually be at midnight, you know, when you know the family's asleep and you can get some stuff done. So having office hours based on what works for you and what works in your season of life, but just put them on your email, um, not list, but put them on your email signature or have automatic replies um, in your email set set on at all times. So it doesn't matter when somebody emails you, it just says, hey, this is letting you know I got your email. Uh, expect a return within 24 to 48 mm-hmm. hours. You know, have an automatic reply set up so that it sets that tone to your clients or potential clients or vendors. I had a vendor texting me at 7 p.m. last night for timeline stuff. I'm like, Thank you, Jesus, that iPhone now lets me leave you on yes. unread, you know, but um, that's another thing. The boundaries te- uh, teach your clients how you want them to communicate with you. I don't mind texting. I really don't. Uh, a lot of people don't like it. Um, I can always leave my phone in the bedroom and not touch it in the evening or whatever. I don't mind texting. So it doesn't bother me if my clients text me, but some people don't want that. So make sure you put that in an email. This is how I need you to communicate with me. Email me anytime and I will respond to you within this many hours, within this many days, on these days of the week, during these hours. Um, So that's another boundary that uh, is very easy to implement right now and just stick to it. Plus, uh, like plus having those hours on your email signature, on your website that you're communicating with your clients, that makes you look really professional and not just like, I don't know, I'm just like, I'm being scrappy and putting this together. And yeah, text me at midnight. It's cool. I'll probably be up. And if that's the case, because like this, uh, excuse me, this past uh, fall, uh, my wife had started a new job. She was working nine to five out of the house, which she hadn't in Mm -hmm. four years or more. And and then our uh, daycare for our toddlers, uh, they moved, uh, they got a new job and moved out of state. So we had shifted from me having uh, pretty much any time that I needed to work to uh, now she has gone until five or five thirty, and I don't have childcare until she gets back because we didn't have babysitters, mm-hmm. we didn't have any of that. So <clears throat> I still had my uh, my hours of. Uh, this is when you can contact me, whatever. But I really wasn't mm-hmm. getting around to those emails or to my editing or any of that until after 8 p.m. Um, mm-hmm. But I still had that boundary set to where the expectations that I was setting for my clients was not, hey, mm-hmm. email me at midnight and expect a reply right yeah. away. It was, yeah. these are my working mm-hmm. hours. and if you happen to work outside of those working hours, 
then that's just like a bonus for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not something that you you. set as an expectation of anytime that you text me, I will be back to you within 20 minutes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Because you could be eating dinner with your family. And if you set that precedent that they know you're going to respond to them via text message any hour, they're going to keep texting you any hour of the day. So even if you let them text you, you don't have to respond to it right away. Leave it on unread or pin it or whatever you can do. um, And then do it when you decide that you're going to do it. So 100%. Yeah, that's really good. Great example. The other thing um, is... uh, in my business, I don't do in-person consults anymore or IPS sessions, but that is something I want to touch on is because, um, again, having boundaries on like how many weddings per week you want to shoot and how many sessions in the evenings you want to shoot per week. Then if you're doing either of those things, you also have to think about, well, how many in-person consults do I want to have a week? How many in-person sales meetings do I want to have per week? Cause that's, that's two more different types of moments where you're spending time with clients and not with your loved ones too. So I did want to also just kind of throw that out there. That's something to think about if that is part of your process. Yeah. And that is like, I I know that that can feel like you're taking away the experience from your clients of like meeting you face to face Mm -hmm. and like sipping on coffees and stuff in in front of each other but with Mm -hmm. zoom and with phone calls and all of that that is actually a way to elevate your client experience to give them that freedom Mm -hmm. of time where instead of setting out the time to drive to a coffee shop stay there for probably an hour because you're going to get lost chit-chatting about whatever or waiting on you know them Mm -hmm. to finish eating their scones and then Mm -hmm. get into the you know, the meat of the conversation and then you have to drive back home and they're setting aside all that time. Instead, they can just plan Mm -hmm. to be in front of their computer, still get to see you face to face. Mm -hmm. And now it's like a 20 minute little phone call and you're giving them a better client experience because you're allowing them to keep that time that we've already mentioned is Mm -hmm. a finite source that you cannot uh, recreate. And you're, you're able to give them the same experience uh, of, like quality of work and like working on timelines or whatever you're going to do in person, but uh, mm-hmm. with less time commitment from them. Exactly. In um, my first couple of months of business, I did that. I did that bridal show I was uh-huh. telling you about, and then I set up in-person consultations. And again, I live an hour from the city. So if they were all in Atlanta, I had to drive down there, with my sample albums, yeah. all the things drive back. And it just was eating up my calendar. Um, and I thought, I know there's a better way. I've been in sales my whole life. And that's what I actually teach on this. I have a couple of YouTube videos on it. And then I have a course called Closing the Consult, um, where I, I really drive home why phone consultations or Zoom are just so much more beneficial. Um, one, again, that boundary, I've got more time because I'm not driving. Um for my family, for myself, or to work in my business instead of, I mean, to work on my business instead of in my business. Um, but two, also when you have that in place, I do phone cons. I don't even do video consultations because I don't always have my makeup on. If it's a work day, I'm in my sweats. My hair is in a messy, messy ponytail. And it's not even because it's (laughs) short hair. It's like this nub really. Um, and if I just do a phone consultation, once I get an email inquiry, 
I can, I text my clients or I text the inquiry. I let them know that I just sent them over all the information. This is if it's a qualified lead. And then I, I ask them what time is a good time for a quick 20 minute call. And I get them on the phone within the next 24 hours. And now in that time period, that couple has also inquired with, let's say at least five, if not 10. I know when we get, we were planning our wedding, I was working at AT AT&T. So in our downtime, I was on my tablet and I was filling out inquiry forms. Some brides, some couples are filling out 10, 15 inquiry forms for one vendor in an hour. So if somebody gets back to that couple and they're like, oh, I'll meet you in person. What works good for you? Well, that's could be Friday and it's Monday. If I also got the same inquiry, I'm going to have them on, phone, on the phone within the next 24 hours and I'm going to ask them. I literally am going to ask them for the sale by the time we're done. I'm going to have them a contract within 20 minutes of getting off the phone and then you know, they're going to fall in love with the first person they connect with. They fall in love with me. Then they're like, oh, we don't need to talk to all these Mm -hmm. other people. And that happens 90, at least 90, if not 95% of the time. I very rarely anymore hear, oh, we're still going to interview this photographer or we're still going to interview that one. And if you are fine, I tell you, please do. These are big decisions in life. But um, if I can get you on the phone in the next 24 hours, they're going to cancel your meeting that's still three or four days away. So that's another great thing. That's not just a boundary. It's also just a beneficial sales aspect. Um, And then, and I never had a couple say, well, I wish we'd have met you in person first. Yeah. Nobody's ever said that. Like read my reviews. That is the least of their worries. I have, I mean, and it would be the same for anybody that serves their clients well after however they book them. Nobody's ever going to go, well, I wish I'd have met you in person. I wish we'd have charcuterie together and a glass uh-huh. of wine. No, you've also saved them time. And now they don't have to get yes. dressed up and they don't have to work around their work schedule and they don't have to drive in traffic. So, yeah. And even yeah. if they do meet up with another photographer after you, they're still anchoring their experience mm-hmm. with that other photographer with how they had that experience with Jess and they're like, Oh, I like, I asked this question. They answered it differently than she did. I liked her answer Mm -hmm. or like they're, they're bouncing, they're, they're judging the other photographer off of you because you were first. So yeah, getting that Mm -hmm. phone conversation. Exactly. Pivotal. Um, yes. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as we kind of wrap up the conversation on boundaries, are there any other major boundaries or any advice or anything you want to give the listeners? Goodness, I feel like we've covered a Me lot. Too. I I am just going to remind you. Um, life happens. Yeah. That's the big thing I want to say, and it's it's evident in my life again. Like I said, my dad has got cancer uh, right now. Um, you think that it is okay to build a schedule in a certain way based on based on you know your financial goals and all of these things and that's great and again early in business you you need to be doing that cuz you have to build a name for yourself there are seasons of hustle but once you establish yourself and actually I did hope Taylor's mastermind last year to get to step into the education world and we even talked about it there so then when you you even if you jump into a new season so you might have an established photography business and you've got great boundaries and you have plenty of time for your family but then you want to start stepping into the role of education. Well, now you do have to hustle again. Now you have to be working crazy hours and more than normal. So it depends on the season, but just remember that life happens to everybody. And, um, if you get, I hope you never do, but if you get a phone call that something is going on with one of your loved ones and you need to be there for him, for them, um, 
I hope that your calendar isn't so full that you have to work through it. Um, And that is really the biggest reason for having boundaries. Um, And to be able to have boundaries, you need to know your cost of doing business. You need to know where all of your money is going, how much you're spending, how much you're outsourcing. Outsourcing is a great way to have better boundaries. That's that's a great one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Outsourcing, Mm -hmm. the amount of hours that I have saved from sitting in front of the computer editing since I've yes. outsourced my editing, is, uh-huh. it, it saves, saves me hundreds of hours. And, yes. and that's time that I can either pour back into my business to grow it or time mm-hmm. that I can spend uh, with my family or just by myself. And like, you know what? I'm just going to take an hour this afternoon and watch a Netflix show because oh, I can't. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just for that mental yeah. health of taking a rest and not being mm-hmm. on all the time. Mental health first. Layli Amadi says, um, oh, what did she say? I was just at her conference and it was amazing. The creative educator conference. Yeah. Just up the road in Dallas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. That's right. Oh, should have met you and your wife. We could have done lunch. Maybe next year. Um, (laughs) uh, but, uh, take what you need, Mm -hmm. even if it's an app. Yes. I like that. So it's like, take what you need, even if it's an app, because it's all about mental health. So that is, um, but I know I started first with outsourcing and editing. That was the first thing I got off my plate. It drove me bonkers. I'd go through Lightroom and I think I have this photo perfect. And then this photo is in slightly different light. Then I go back and forth I'm like, this one's pink, this one's blue. Skin tones are my nemesis. Yeah. So that was the first thing I outsourced. And then recently stepping into the education role and I launched my course, um, I, I got a VA for the first time and she helped me. She wrote some of my emails. She did all of my graphics. Like it was amazing. And then my first website, I love show it. My husband's like, you change your website more than you change clothes. I could, I could totally geek out on show it. But in this, I did a, I had a new website last year to, to, um, step into the new education role. You know, I needed a new, I needed a new look, right. I needed a new brand. Um, and I knew I could do it because, and I actually even enjoy doing it, but in last year's season where I was hustling on the education side and still working in my business with my wedding photographer, my wedding clients. And I shoot some, I shoot seniors like UGA and stuff. Um, I didn't have time to also do my website. So I paid somebody to do it for me. I paid somebody to do the copy. Um, and copy is all the wording on your website. Yes. I remember I used to like when I was new in the business, I'd see all these things. Why you need to hire a copywriter? I don't need, I don't need any of my website copyrighted. I thought it was like, you know, like trademark copyright. Right. Yep. Same. <laughs> <laughs> copywriting is not that I'm just going to admit my naiveness. Um, but I, so when I launched my new website last year, I hired a copywriter, I hired a website designer. I didn't do any of it. Um, because in the, in that season I could, I could afford it thanks to, you know, my business and I didn't, I didn't need to exhaust that time on it. So gave me more time with my family. Yes. Yeah. If you are not delegating anything, definitely look into that. There are some, some areas that you can be saving time, saving money, saving Mm -hmm. sanity and, uh, and really being able to, to grow yourself as a person and your business, um, by, Mm -hmm. by bringing other people in and building, building a team. So, okay. So Jess, so, can oh, I ask yes, you, yes. Do you yeah. have, what are some boundaries you have in business? Um, what are some tips you want to give your listeners? Very similar to yours. Um, uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, I do two, uh, on average, two weddings a month. Um, I'll mm-hmm. do three if it's like 
spread apart or if it's it's one of those kind of like slower months that uh normally don't have anything i might do mm-hmm. that. Uh, especially yeah. if they're local um mm-hmm. i only do um like maybe three destination weddings a year um mm-hmm. although i love traveling and i love going places um i do have a family that i also really love and i want to be mm-hmm. around them and i don't always get to take uh the whole family um but uh on these trips uh, every now and then i get to take my wife with me which is fun mm-hmm. uh, we got to go to costa rica last year and that was a blast but um yeah those um also i don't book anything on sundays um mm-hmm. If I do, if there's an exception, I make sure that I'm not working that Saturday. Uh, so mm-hmm. I still have one day off. Um, and it's usually like a, a a session like you were talking about earlier in the evening because I don't want mm-hmm. I still want to be able to go to church with my family in the mornings mm-hmm. and um, and all that. I also have uh, the hours set on my email and website for when I'm going to get back to you and set those expectations mm-hmm. with my couples. Um, I've also delegated quite a bit uh, to free up some time and, and to mm-hmm. have those boundaries. Um, I also have boundaries of just like what I will do. Like I've said no to more couples in the past two mm-hmm. years than I ever thought that I would just because yeah. it's either having a boundary of knowing I am probably not the best photographer for you. You'll have a mm-hmm. great experience with me, but mm-hmm. like we're we're either just, you know, styles are different or they're just like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of couples that are super into horses and I'm like horses are fine, um but yeah. like I'm not going to geek out about, you know, taking these horse photos with you. I will do mm-hmm. it for sure and I have, but yeah. I also have other photographers that I know horses are their life and I will send mm-hmm. them that way. Uh, so yeah, a yeah. lot of, lot of different little boundaries and I'm sure I have so many more that I'm just not even thinking of right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You like, just reminded me of some, I didn't even, I didn't even mention, like oh, you yeah. said, okay. So I don't forget, um, destinations, mm-hmm. financial popped up in my mind. And then you were just saying horses. I recently yeah. got a, um, a lead for a couple that had the budget at a nice venue, but like in there, like, tell me all about you. Um, they're like, well, we're, we're quirky. We like star Wars. We were thinking, um, maybe for our engagement session, we can do the lightsabers. And I was like, I've never watched star Wars a day in my life. And that's, Uh, that's not me. I'm like, my style is romantic and fun and playful. It does not include props. Um, but I have a photographer friend who is amazing for you. So not only am I passing on a client that I probably can't help their vision come to life. mm -hmm. I am blessing a friend in the business with that lead too. So that's cool. A travel photography or destination photography. Um, it looks glamorous. I've tried it. I I might just be too A-type or neurotic. I don't know. <laughs> but the idea of, and what I've learned by doing it is traveling with my gear. And I do shoot off camera flash. I usually shoot four um, in a reception mm-hmm. area. A big rece- I, I do shoot large weddings now. So um, having to figure out how to transfer four light stands and all that extra stuff that I can't just carry on with me. Um, and then I shoot the wedding and then I'm worried about the photos and I want to make sure they back up to the cloud, you know, in case we get it, 
it's just too much stress on my mind. Uh, I like to, when I like to travel, I like it to be a vacation. I don't like it to feel like work. I do travel in business for, um, for like conferences and stuff. And usually when I go to a conference, I make sure we stay a couple extra days. So we actually get to see where we traveled to. We're not just in the hotel or the venue forever, but destination weddings, I'm shooting one in California this year. And that's because it's a a very good friend of ours daughter. Um, but yeah, I'm already like, I think I'm texting her. I'm like, I think I'm just going to Amazon some light stands and send them to your house. Uh And I tried to ask James and Jess, I'm like, how do you do that? How do you do that with like all your gear? Um, and they're like, you can just Amazon stuff to their house. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, but it's just too much on my brain. Like, I I don't know. I, a, I get stressed. I'm worried about the images. Too. I'm worried about my gear. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then financial, financial boundaries. When I first started my business, all of my money went back into buying gear, buying the lenses we needed, buying camera bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I printed a list, um, like 2017 approved purchases. So I started in 2016, but I remember the first list I made was in January, 2017. It said 2017 approved purchases. It was just on a printer paper and I taped it to the wall above my desk. And it was like third camera body. Cause we, um, we were shooting together. So, uh, if we only had two cameras, we didn't have a backup. Right. Um, and then it was like, Oh, the 85 1.2 lens. So in the beginning of the year, I would decide what I was spending my money on. Um, like when it came to big purchases, so that's a boundary you can have is figure out, um, how much am I going to spend on conferences this year? How much am I going to spend on gear? Those mm-hmm. kind of things. It's good to have financial boundaries in your business too, while you're also figuring out your cost of doing business, um, and how much you need to pay yourself and those kind of things. I think financial boundaries is something we definitely, um, is, you need in life. Yes. And that helps to avoid the, uh, the impulse buy of, yes. Oh, there's this new lens or, you know, now they came out with a new camera body that, you know, looks amazing. Mm-hmm. and I should, I should go ahead and get that. I have the money in the bank right now. I can go ahead and do that. Mm -hmm. But like having those, uh, those boundaries set, um, especially for Mm -hmm. conferences. I love conferences. I love going and learning Mm -hmm. and networking Mm -hmm. and being in the educational space. Now I have so many friends who Mm -hmm. are hosting conferences and speaking Mm -hmm. at places. I'm like, Oh, I want to go. Um, like Laylee's, I really wanted to go to hers, but it was over, um, my son's birthday. Uh, and oh, I was like, no, they changed the know, date for next year. They did. I saw that. Yes. So it'll, okay. <laughs> it'll be, uh, it, it should be clear. It'll be right after my anniversary, I think. Um, uh-huh. but, um, but yeah, like that kind of stuff where I had that, that boundary of, I'm not going to go, even though it is like a three hour drive, it's not bad. Um, I don't mm-hmm. have to fly anywhere, but it is over an important time that we've already set to have a party mm-hmm. and to like celebrate him. And that is a boundary. That is a priority for me. And I'm going to miss this That's one, yeah. but I can make the next one. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I can support her and, uh, and all that, which it looked amazing and uh, very excited for her. I'm going to tell you, nobody's paying me to say this. Uh, I started going to conferences a few years ago when I was so burned out and after COVID and like the whole roller coaster of shooting weddings, um, having to immerse yourself in big crowds when everybody's telling you crowds are going to kill you, right? Uh, Because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I was so burned out, I almost completely closed the doors to my business. Um, And I, I went to my first conference and I was like, I left so revived and so refreshed, not just the networking, but being able to talk to other people who are, um, 
who may or may not be dealing with some of the same issues as you. You've get you get um, people speaking into your business. You 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 hear things that you otherwise weren't learning. Like I leave a conference so pumped up for my business. It's like those first years again. It was yes. like I'm so excited to, to do this, to do this. But lately, um, yeah. uh, if you're in the education space, the most um, I got, I had like the most light bulb moments, the most take home things you can do tonight. We were doing, uh, my friend Ellie and I, Ellie, uh, she's a Hilton head photographer. We were in our hotel that night implementing some of the like easy to do things like Don from tech savvy creative taught us, but, um, Lely's creative educator conference, probably out of all the ones I've been through, gave me the most, the most bang for my buck. I don't know how to explain it without like just overly so many so many good things that I would have never, ever learned or never have purchased a course from somebody or never have listened to somebody's podcast. Like it was worth every pay. I signed up right away the next night in the hotel nice. while we were still in Dallas. <laughs> and, um, yeah, cause like when, if you go to enough, if you go to enough conferences and you start to see the same people, mm-hmm. you, you keep hearing the same talks, yes. which is great because everybody has their specialty. My thing is sales. I can teach you on sales, but if you were to watch me, um, for, for, you know, at every single conference, you would not come to my talk because you've already heard it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when you go to a lot of them, you've already heard a lot of the same stuff. So you don't want to repeat it. But but what we learned at Laley's is stuff I've never learned at a conference before because it was specific to educators in the creative world. It wasn't just wedding photographers. Right. It was creatives, uh, people I never even knew they had a business like that. That was a thing. Um, yeah. Mind blowing. So please go. I've already bought my ticket. I hope to see you there. It was amazing. Amazing. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah. And I'll have a link to the, uh, what is it? The creative educator conference. Um, yes, I'll have a link to that. Uh, so shout out Laylee. Um, uh, I know, I don't know off the top of my head what episode she was on, but she's been on the show before and, uh, it was a great conversation. Yeah. She's the most down to earth person there is. And she is a fierce advocate for people and rights. And, um, like out of all the, I mean, I've met a lot of great educators in person, but she is just, she's the real deal. She's, she really is. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I knew her conference was going to be amazing just because of the person that she is and the people that she attracts. I was like, this is going to be great. Um, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm really glad to hear, uh, how amazing it was and how much you got out of it and, uh, can't wait to see what next year's going to be like. Uh, Yeah. So, okay, before we uh, before we go, there's a part of the show that I like to do where uh, we talk about what we're loving this week. And it could be, mm-hmm. you know, a movie, a book, uh, could be whatever, a houseplant of yours. Um, mm-hmm. What are you loving this week? What am I loving this week? So we are the oddballs that just started watching Yellowstone. Okay, cool. Uh, not, not this week. Have you watched it yet? I have not. I am also an oddball. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Good. I'm not the only one. Uh, we started watching it. Gosh, I just want to say it's only been a couple weeks ago, but then I would tell you that we just started season five and that would look really bad. <laughs> um, but Yellowstone has been our thing. Um, so yeah, there's Yellowstone and, uh, I, this one stumped me when you sent me this question. I was like, what am I into this week? Uh-huh. Uh, uh, 
this week is going to be about spending time with my dad. Really. He's having, again, like I told you, he's having, uh, one of his tumors removed on Thursday to be, um, to be sent to pathology. And, uh, my aunt is visiting from Florida to be with him. And so this week I'm loving family. Yes. That's what I'm going to say. Family and Yellowstone. Yes. I love it. I love it. How about you? Um, this week I'm loving a movie that I saw it's, I don't know. I think it came out in like 2015 or something. So it's, it's nothing mm-hmm. new, but it was new to me. It's called, um, Mr. Nobody. And yeah, it's a really interesting, uh, like, uh, a little bit of time. There's a lot of fight scenes, right? Um, is that the one? No, that one is just nobody. I think that one's just called nobody. The nobody. one okay, with, okay. um, uh, Bob, I'm blanking on his last name now. Uh, yeah. The guy from like better call Saul and, mm-hmm. uh, bob and david um it was that was also a really good movie i saw that on a plane once and and it was it was good there was a lot of fighting um but yeah mr nobody is um so you froze and i never heard what it was oh okay okay yeah so a little behind the scenes we had some technical issues and like had to restart this whole thing um which you know that's fun that's we Life. life happens there we go uh, happens, yeah. so um, technology happens, technology happens <laughs> often um mm-hmm. so yeah it is it's called mr nobody it has uh jared leto who plays the main character um, but this is like 2015 so before mm-hmm. joker and all that um yeah and it's it's really interesting it follows his life and there's a lot of like flashbacks to different things but Mm. it's almost like a a multi-universe like parallel universes where it shows him making decisions but then it follows his life as if he went like with option a and then it also Mm. flashes back to his life as if he went with option b and all of that and like the different scenarios and stuff through his life it's really interesting um if you're a ted lasso fan uh Mm. keely from ted lasso uh, the the actress who played her um she plays his high school girlfriend because she was like 16 Uh in 2015 and Uh uh, yeah it was it was very interesting it was cool seeing her because she looks very different than she does in ted lasso and i was like she looks familiar. And I looked her up and I was like, that's Keely. Okay, cool. That's how I know yeah, her. So. I'm old enough to remember Jared Leto from My So Called Life. Yes. Yeah. Are you old enough for that? My So Called Life on MTV? Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's when he got his like first big role. Like he was the troubled kid in high school. I think so. so yeah. Yeah. I I never mm-hmm. watched that. I was not allowed. Um, but I do <laughs> I remember seeing like ads and commercials and stuff mm-hmm. for we were mm-hmm. mtv was one of those channels that we were it, could not watch anything on there um yeah but uh but yeah i remember when they banned one of madonna's music videos i'm like my how times have changed since 1997 so different. <laughs> yeah I, or maybe that was the 80s i don't remember yeah. i i i think the first time that i was introduced to jared leto was um in the 30 seconds to mars uh band oh, that yeah, he was he had a band. yeah mm-hmm. and then he was a character in fight club um yep which i really liked his character um who mm-hmm. is too blonde um but yeah it was uh it was interesting seeing uh, uh he did a really good job in this 
movie where he plays a lot of different ages, um, including uh-huh. like a hundred and 18 year old guy or something. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting movie. Uh, believe it's on Amazon prime video. Um, I don't okay. know. I'll have it. it yeah, I'll have it linked in the show notes. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what I'm loving this week. Sweet. Have you seen Glass Onion yet? I have. I'm just going to throw it out there. We don't have to elaborate, but so your, your viewers here, Glass Onion was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. My answer. Did, yeah. did you okay. like the first uh, Knives Out movie? Knives Out. Yeah. Yes. Yes, me, I really did. Me too. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. I love murder mystery type stuff and uh, Glass Onion was really good. I like, uh, was, uh, is it Daniel Craig? Is that? that's not him i don't i'm the worst with hollywood and names uh, but i'm like the guy from guardians of the galaxy right. you know yeah you know. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah yeah it's probably not daniel craig because i feel like he was bond no that's him because he was I was him. yeah that's was probably daniel guy. craig um mm-hmm. yeah i am also really bad with names um unless they're like 90s celebrities and then i can tell you <laughs> all of them um yeah, but yeah so- i liked his uh very southern accent uh in yeah in those nice he played a good role mm-hmm. uh, but yeah yeah no that was that was a good one um if you have not watched that listener uh definitely go check it out on netflix mm-hmm. um but yeah well jess this has been great i've really enjoyed getting to reconnect with you and mm-hmm. chat and see your face um how can people find you online where can they follow you all of those good things Yes. So uh, I never mentioned my business is not my name. It's 514photo.com. It's 514 photography. Uh, That's actually based off scripture that you are the light of the world. Um, But you do spell it out. It's not the numbers. So you spell out five, you spell out 14 photo. Uh, Instagram is at 514 photography. Facebook is there. It's dead. I mean, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook's pretty bad. It's pretty dead. And I, I'm on TikTok, but really like the algorithm. So, you know, why I'm on TikTok is it just sends me like pretty cow videos and rescue dog videos. And I really am on TikTok for all the animal videos. So, um, but I think I'm pretty sure it's 514 photography on TikTok. Also Instagram, Instagram is really the place to go. Yep. Yep. Same. I'm always on Instagram. I definitely take in more content on TikTok than I produce. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And it's, it's sending me all the good cooking videos and yes. like the, the funny, I don't know. I just like all the people that are doing like funny skits and stuff that like, mm-hmm. like you would see on like the old school mad TV or SNL. And it was like, this is the kind of stuff. This is what I'm here for. Yeah. Like the yes. Old SNL. Yeah. Like. Superstar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm also on, uh, I am on Pinterest and I'm on YouTube. All those links you can find from my website. It's just easier to just go to by 14 photocom and click the menu Perfect. and you can find all of the links to all of my socials there. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, Jess, this was great. I really enjoyed chatting with you and uh, thanks so much for being on the show. You too. Thanks so much for having me. I hope you have a blessed day. You too. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. As always, you can check out all of the things in today's episode in the show notes at podcast.allheartphoto.com.
This podcast was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience. Join us live for the next episode by joining the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast group on Facebook. You can follow the show on Instagram at wit.pod. Jess is at 514 Photography on Instagram and TikTok. And that is spelt out 514 photography and you can find me on instagram and tiktok at all heart photo subscribe to the show so you don't miss another episode and i will see you next week bye y'all all right sweet hey technology it's fun uh- <laughs> <laughs> can't live with it can't live without it right <laughs>